We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. People can look at my career and say, wow, she's been so accomplished. But, I mean, I've had some tough moments and like, the, you know, the championship this year. That's tough moments. But it's really how you get through that and how you persevere and continue your career. Like, obviously, I'm not going to stop after that. Like, that's just one basket, one game. And, you know, I'm going to try to have the best WNBA career I can have. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers. The Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Here's your host, John Little. It's another bonus show. You have earned more bonus content. Welcome in. I'm John Little, the host of the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Thank you so much for all the positive feedback that we've gotten on social media over the last few days as we launched the podcast officially. It's encouraged me. It's encouraged the whole team. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And of course, we encourage you to subscribe wherever you get these podcasts. Make sure to rate the show, review the show, let others know about what we're doing. And uh, as long as you do that, then I'm going to keep giving you as much as I can. That's for sure, because uh, you deserve it, the fans of women's basketball. And uh, I'm just having so much fun bringing this to you. Today on the show, the bonus show, the day before the Dallas Wings open up their home schedule. We're going to talk to four of the players that will be integral parts of the team this year. We'll start right off the bat with Enrique Ngunbowale. We're going to get into Kayla Thornton. We're going to talk to Alicia Gray as well. And we're also going to chat at the end with Glory Johnson. I'm kind of saving uh, the most uh, the most juicy content for last, and I'll tell you why in just a little bit, but I really enjoyed uh, talking to Glory. She was so forthcoming. But the Wings open up their home schedule tomorrow. They nearly picked up a win over the Atlanta Dream on the road in their season opener uh, a week ago. And I talked to Enrique Gunbuwale. Uh What a gracious young lady she is can you imagine 
the way she's been poked and prodded and pulled in 17,000 different directions over the last few years based on her success. I mean, no better moments in college basketball history uh, than what she was able to do in winning in the semifinals and finals on buzzer beaters last year and then falling to Baylor in the finals uh, this past year after making that big-time comeback. Uh, It's really amazing what she's been through and and the whirlwind she's had. Enjoy the visit with Enrique Agunbowale. Well, let's just talk about what happened most recently for you. You got to graduate, you said, from the number one business school in the nation, Notre Dame. What did that mean to you, just the weekend spending with family and some of your closest friends? Yeah, I mean, I'm super appreciative appreciative of the Dallas organization for allowing me to go back and understanding that this is a big step that I I should be able to attend so you know I was just really blessed to walk across that stage and finally get the degree it's been a a long four years a lot of class a lot of tough class a lot of tough work late night so you know finally get that degree just being the representation of all the hard work I put in and for it to be at Notre Dame one of the most prestigious schools in the country is just a blessing. Well, uh, really proud of you and uh, proud of just the work you've done all across the board and somehow found a way to be on Dancing with the Stars in the middle of it. Somehow. I just it's just it's just amazing. Um hey, we'll get into that in a second. But but first of all, I saw you tweet at Kawhi after his game winner <laughs> in game seven say yeah you taught him that last summer is that right yeah I said we worked on that in the gym it was a little white lie but it, <laughs> it, it was it was good for Twitter so <laughs> it did it did work well for Twitter but it it looked a lot like that and it, it, it's um it's fun that you know people associate that with you kind of fading off to the right there yeah. at the end of the game how cool is it that your name is so synonymous with late game moments I mean that's a blessing I mean to be considered a clutch player that's tough because not a lot of people are clutch like that so definitely just a blessing that people you know associate my name with that big of a thing and that hard of a thing so you know it's really cool well it's definitely one of my favorite moments over the last few years and I, I know it was tough for you in the championship game um to come up on the other end how did having the experience that you had in your junior year and winning the championship and doing it in the way you did, how did that change your perspective, you think, if you wouldn't have had that perspective, you know, and you guys came up short in your senior year? Did that help you at all? I'm not sure if I would say help, but I mean, I definitely, you know, I understand. I've been on both sides now, and I think both of those situations helped me for now and what I'm about to go through and, you know, my WNBA career that you can be at the highest point, you can be at the lowest point, but it's all a process and it's all a part of your story. So, I mean, I was down for a little bit, but, you know, I had people talk to me and, like, I, I'm, I'm good now because everything, I really believe everything happens for a reason. And, I mean, last year I was able to, you know, experience that, but I came up short this year, but that just, it doesn't define my career. And, you know, it's just, you know, I had a great career and things happen. So, you know, I'm blessed that, I was able to go through that, I guess. It's something that not a lot of people get to go through, the highs and lows, and that's just a part of basketball. How can you relate that story to other people in your everyday life? Because not everybody plays basketball at a high level like you do, but we all go through situations where we come up short. We've got a goal, and it doesn't quite come to fruition. We've got wins, we've got losses, and we've got to pick ourselves up. Is that something you're excited that you're going to be able to tell people along the way, whether it be young girls or young boys, along the way when you're speaking to people? Yeah, definitely. Just, I mean, people can look at my career and say, wow, she's been so accomplished. But, I mean, I've had some tough moments. And, like, 
the you know the championship this year. That's tough moments, but it's really how you get through that and how you you know persevere and continue your career. Like obviously, I'm not going to stop after that. Like that's just one basket, one game, and you know I'm going to try to have the best WNBA career I can have. And I mean that's just all going to be part of my story. I got to like I said, I got to experience the high, got to experience the low, but overall my whole career was everything that I thought it would be and you know I'm blessed that I was be able to even be in the national championship again two years in a row and not a lot of people can say that so you know I'm definitely just thankful for everything that happened and like I said everything happens for a reason. It definitely was a big blessing and you knew that at the end of your career one way or the other it was going to be a mad dash between the end of your career end of the final four and the draft and all the things that have to get done in between um, how did you prepare, and how do you feel like you handled it? Uh, it's definitely tough to prepare for. I mean, you you finish the championship. You got they really wanted me to be on the flight the next day, but I was like, I need a break. So I was on the flight 6 a.m. on Tuesday. Meanwhile, I got back to South Bend on Monday. So definitely didn't even have a lot of time to soak because I was right at the draft and one of the greatest days of my life getting called at the draft. So I mean, you just got to stay grounded don't get too high don't get too low I'm not one that gets really stressed so I was really pretty calm throughout the whole process so you know just you can't really control anything like people maybe people a lot of people were stressed about the draft but it's honestly not in your hands it's in God's hands it's in you know whoever's choosing you's hands so just go out there be happy be blessed that you're there and whatever happens happens so that's how I approached it you're a combo guard you know I'm sure you've I know you're used to having the ball in your hands and it's an okay thing for you but did you expect to play point guard at the next level or when you were drafted here and you saw that Skyler was out for a little while how did you react to that mentally I got in the gym and started working on point guard things I mean <laughs> I talked to my position coach I'm like I mean the coach I talked to the coach before the draft you know how all the coaches call you and stuff and he was like I see you playing one and two and at first I'm like one like I, I haven't played one all college but I also like all I had a skill set knowing how to pass and knowing how to see the floor so I just got in the gym with my position coach, tried to work on more point guard things, point guard focus, and, you know, just changed my mindset a little bit. I'm sure that you're familiar with Skyler. You know, you guys both being Notre Dame stars over the years. How has that relationship been able to grow? Because I know she's got a lot going on, and you've got a lot going on right now. But, you know, when you guys are in practice, how has that relationship helped you so far? Yeah, I mean, she, you know, she's a great point guard, and she's definitely been giving me pointers. She knows this is really my first time, especially at this level, to be playing point guard. So she's definitely given me a lot of pointers, so I'm grateful for her. The second uh, preseason game where you scored 19, I know it's preseason. Does that help give you a little bit of confidence going into the regular season? I'm a person that always has confidence. Whether I'm playing <laughs> terrible or I'm playing good, I still have confidence. So, But I think that definitely was good to get my feet wet, a good game going into the regular season since I couldn't play in this game, uh, the last preseason game. So I think it was definitely good for me. Uh, you know, I'm just excited for Friday. Absolutely. But it's a new level. I mean, I, you know, if I, was, if I was stepping up to the pros, it would be tough for me if I had, you know, maybe a, an off game for me. But you just don't let it affect you at all? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I'm, I really, I move on. Like, if, even if I take a bad shot in the game, I, it's next play. I'm always next play. So what happened that game happened, you can't change it. So go out there and try to be better, and that's what I do. Were you able to do that same thing with Dancing with the Stars? Did you have that same mentality? Yeah, I think I was a little bit more nervous for that. That was, that was definitely out of my element, but it was a cool experience. So. All right.
Arike, thank you so much for thank your time. You. Great to talk to you. Good luck this season. Thank you. There's Arike Gunbawale, and although she's a rookie, she's going to handle the media about as well as anybody out there. Great job on that conversation. We appreciate her time. Next up, we got to chat with Kayla Thornton. How can you not love a story like Kayla Thornton? So many athletes out there use that card or try to play that card of, Nobody believed in me. Everybody counted me out. And I'm sure there were a lot of people that were in Kayla's corner over the course of her career. She wouldn't be here without that. But at the same time, I mean, she's been cut off of WNBA teams several times before she finally stuck with the Dallas Wings. And she is, it seems, a perfect fit for what Coach Brian Agler wants to do defensively. So I asked Kayla about her feelings playing for a defensive-minded coach like Brian Agler. Yeah, definitely. I was excited that he was coming, especially knowing that he has a defensive mind, and that's one of my, you know, fortes and what I love to do, and that's that's how I, that's how my game gets going is defense. So I was really excited, and I'm excited to see um, how we're going to do this year with that. I was talking to Greg Bibb earlier about you, uh, just about how some people come up through the WNBA and maybe they don't have the success right at first. They get to play overseas. Mm -hmm. They get to learn their game a little bit. What was it like for you early on, you know, getting cut a couple times before you truly hung on? And what did you do to work on your game and work on yourself Mm -hmm. to make sure that you would succeed in this league? Um, Well, first of all, just my faith. Um, I kept on, you know, my mom being a preacher and all that. Um, just always tell me, you know, God always has something in store for you. He knows your future before it's even in hand. But um, I just kept that fire lit. And I, you know, went overseas every year and just kind of worked on the little things that they told me I lacked in the W and just kept pushing with that with my trainer and stuff like that. So, What do you think the biggest strides in your game are as compared to 2015, Caleb? Oh, I think I think everything. I think you know each year I try to I try to grow and improve. Um, back then in 2014, you know, I wasn't shooting the three or breaking out and, and trying to you know go off on transition. Definitely, you know I, I try to make my my game grow each each year. I was talking with Coach about him calling the starting five the Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, I do because you know you know it's it's honored. To be to be in the Rough Riders, to you know, to have that 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 name on our backs. But um, it's good though, cause it, it kind of challenges us and it and it pushes us to our max. I like it. How important is starting a game out with the right kind of intensity and setting the tone, mm-hmm. specifically defensively? How important is that? I mean, it's it's very important. It's very important how you start the game. Um, that energy coming off, um, you know, with the Rough Riders starting and stuff like that, kind of just sets the tone, you know, it gets everybody else. You know, when you when you in it and stuff like that, it's like a chain, you know. It kind of rubs off on the other players. Well, hopefully it does. But, I mean, it's, it's very important to, to start the game off good, especially on defense. Kind of kind of shuts down the other team's offense and kind of gets them out of whack and stuff. So, Do you feel like – now moving into, I guess, what is this uh, as far as a full season for you, your third year? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like more of a leader, or is that still something that's developing in your particular game? Um, definitely. Um, I, I think definitely this year. I think um, for me, in, in some type of leadership, uh, I have to kind of just grow up um, 
and kind of take the stance, you know, with, you know, Sky and, and, you know, Coach Liz not being here and stuff like that. So in some parts, but um, I don't try to do too much. I kind of just lead by my actions and what I do on the court and, you know, pray that it, it rubs off or, you know, kind of goes on to somebody else. We're visiting with Kayla Thornton, and you were mentioning how you played overseas in South Korea this year. Tell me about that experience, first of all. The, the most important thing is the food, right? How was the food in South Korea this year? Oh, it was good. Um, you know, I love to eat, but the food was, I mean, the food was great. I miss it. Um, it's just so much healthier. And coming back over here, you go back to all the fast foods, all the greasy foods and stuff like that. But, man, the food was, I mean, it was, it was, it was good. What were your favorite dishes? Um, it was a dish called tapoki, uh, some yeku, and then like there was like this dish after you eat the tapoki and like you fry the rice and mm. you put seaweed in there. Oh, that was my favorite dish. Mm. I, we gotta start talking about it because, yeah. No, keep talking about it. I'm no, just living vicariously just, through you. It's, it's just it's just good. Um, they had like a lot of this different stuff that I tried. I really don't try new stuff, but my translator this year she kind of made me and it was good. I can't name all of them because they're all in Korean. But No, I understand completely. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Enjoy your pineapple there. <laughs> Thank you. There's Kayla Thornton. I think that that term rough riders, it goes perfectly with Kayla's game, her defensive game. And that would become a theme in our conversations for sure. Alicia Gray is another player that Coach Agler mentioned as one of his rough riders. But Alicia came off the bench in game number one. Did you notice that? Still stepped up to lead the Dallas Wings in scoring in their first game of the season. In her third year, she seems like a player that could really take a huge step. Rookie of the year a couple years ago. Last year, she did not average double figures. And she knows that there are some people doubting this Wings team coming into the year. She's very aware of that. We definitely going to prove a lot of people wrong this year. Uh, definitely open up a, a lot of eyes and definitely show people that the Dallas Wings are here. What do you think that people are not counting on seeing from the Wings this year? Like, why do you think they they doubt you? You really can't pay attention to what people say. I mean, there are always going to be doubters and telling, people telling you what you can and, and can't. For us, the biggest thing is us staying together and, and just working hard. And you'll see once we hit the floor, the hard work that we put in. Every year is a fresh start for everybody. You were, had a Rookie of the Year campaign a couple years ago. Uh, last year, you didn't have a bad year by any stretch. You just played maybe a little different role. What have you concentrated on in this offseason that you think you're going to be a little bit better at this season? Uh, for me, it was more of a mental approach. Uh, just just keep my confidence up, knowing that every day is not going to be uh, all sunshiny. Uh, some days it's going to be a little rainy cloud. So, I mean, the biggest thing for me all season was just building my confidence. How important is it to have a good rapport with your point guard. And I know Rike's coming in. She hasn't played the position just a ton. She was more playing off the ball in college, but she's got the ball in her hands a lot. How important is having that good rapport with a point guard? It's more of chemistry on the court. Uh, just knowing like what you can, your strengths and weaknesses, so you won't like set your teammate up in like a, a bad spot. I mean, but having a good relationship with the point guard is good. I mean, Arika, I mean, she's a great player. Uh, I think she's going to be great this year. Uh, I, I love playing with her. I mean, she's just so aggressive. I mean, she's a great player, uh, but I'm just excited to be on the court with her. 
you guys have some aggressive players on this team, some players who get down and dirty and get after it. So coach calls you the Rough Riders. What does that mean to you? Uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, it's great. I mean, that, that just shows, like, the confidence he has in us. Like, we're like the dogs. Like, we got to – we see meat. Like, we're a bunch of piranhas. Like, we see meat. We just hop on it and just try to rip it apart. I mean, we just got to have that grit on the court. I love that. <laughs> I just love that. You know, is that at all a different mentality than – you've had in other years you know maybe where you start a game and maybe you're not necessarily thinking all right here's what we got to do defensively or here's what we got to do hard work wise maybe you're thinking a little bit more offensive in a particular game but to have a coach that is so big on defense and so big on aggressiveness how does that fit your game oh it fits it perfect I mean so I'm a rough rider. I mean, I, I got appointed as a rough rider. Just we're aggressive. I mean, we're the ones that got to, like, we're the ones that sets the tone of the game. Yes. Like, we're the one that got to come out, come every day, work hard, and just set the tone of the game or practice. So I, I, lo- I love the rough rider's name. Like, that just gives me, like, that, like that. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell how much you love it. So we need to come up with T-shirts, say rough riders on it or something like that. We need to we need to get that done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you need to copyright that before Coach does and tries to take credit for it, okay? Uh, well, he created, so it's all his. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give him that idea then. Hey, oh, what do you like to do in your spare time? Uh, you know, you get away from the court and you're having a little fun for yourself, what are you doing? Uh, either watching Netflix, Hulu, or playing Xbox. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you don't, uh, you don't get, quote, out much, or do you like to go out and do things as well? Oh, no, I'm a homebody. Oh, you I'd rather off days. I'm on time leaving the house is get treatment. I'm back in my bed watching Netflix or playing video games. I'm a homebody. Do you think that makes you a better and more focused person? Have you figure it out what works for you and this you know this is what works for me it's it's better for me if I do this yeah I'm more of a laid-back person I mean I don't really like talking to I really don't like interacting as much not saying it like that I don't like interacting but sometimes you know you just need that alone time like where nobody's like bothering you because I like being alone a lot too Absolutely. The self-regulation, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you got to take care of yourself. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to seeing the Rough Riders play. Thank you. <laughs> right. Some insight into Alicia there. Thank you so much to Alicia Gray on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. And I think just the quote I get out of that is, grr, she likes being called the Rough Riders. And here's another player that's a Rough Rider, Lori Johnson. And I tell you, there is so much to this conversation. She opened up and... I sat down before we talked and I said, would you mind talking about your pregnancy and how that changed things for you and what your recommendations were to Skylar Diggins-Smith coming into this season? And she said, absolutely, let's talk about that. So we get into that. That's absolutely the highlight of our chat. So make sure to listen for that exchange. You're not going to miss it. Let's be honest. We're visiting with Glory Johnson, another one of the Rough Riders. Let's ask you about that off the bat, because, I mean, I know uh, your defensive intensity, that is just such a key part of your game. Coach Agler coming in and embracing you as one of the defensive leaders on this team. How great has that been for you? I think it's a big deal. Um, I've always prided myself in defense, and as the Rough Riders, we're just people that are willing to do a lot of the dirty work, you know, some of the stuff that goes unseen that people don't expect or want to do. And that's our job. We're kind of supposed to set kind of a baseline for our team. We want we want to have people 
look at us and know that we have grit and we're willing to work and we're willing to fight to get what whatever wins we need. Um, and I think that's the mentality that he wants us to have. And us four, for sure, have to start. We have to be the ones, the core, and we have to make sure that everyone gets on the same page. And when we could do that, that's how we'll be the most successful. Do you kind of take pride in potentially being a team that when people see you on the schedule, they're like, oh, crap, we got to play them again. We can't score against them. They're going to make it rough. For sure. If, if people remember back in the Tulsa days, Tulsa shock. We used to be a very, very young team, and we were not very good. Um, but at the end of the day, we played full-court press defense the majority of the season. And people hated that we were defensively a very, very tough team to beat. We were beating teams just playing based on our defense. We didn't have great three-point shooters. We didn't have all of that. We were just young, and we could move. And so we were pressing teams, and they hated it. But at the end of the day, it was like, if we can't do this, the one thing that we're going to make sure we do is defense. And after that, we were a, we were a team people didn't want to come in to see. You know, now I want to be that team all over again. I want to be the people that that are, are worried about whether they can score. You know, when they come in and how hard it is going to be to score on a team like ours. So that's what I'm looking forward to. How do you take advantage of that and turn that into wins? Obviously, you know, if they right. can't score, they can't win. Right. But but you've been on teams, like you said, that weren't very good, but they prided themselves on defense. Right. But you guys want to be a team that wins, that prides right. yourself on defense. How do you do that? When you play defense, you get steals. Um, when you get defensive stops, when you get defensive rebounds and push the floor, it provides momentum on offense. When we have the momentum and, and other teams can't stop runs because of your momentum or you know, you're bringing a lot of energy when you have the momentum, when you get the boards or when you get the steal or anything like that, it brings energy. It gets the team excited. It gets the crowd excited. You know, stuff like that. When you get blocks and stops, it, it gets people into the game. And we want the momentum on our side because some teams struggle when the momentum is not on their side. So they struggle to recover. You know, you keep on making runs. You keep on getting steals. You get transition layups. It, like, makes other teams call timeouts. You know, it kind of slows them down a little bit. And that's what we want to do. And whenever you're playing defense and you're always pushing and you're always trying to focus on your defense, it leads to offensive sets. It leads to offensive plays and offensive opportunities opportunities. I saw you talking on Twitter, a little Twitter video about how, uh, you know, just the league's overlooking you this year. You know, yeah. they're putting out those preseason previews and, you know, they lost Liz and they don't have Skyler right now and those sort of things. Mm -hmm. uh, a new coach. Is the defensive part of things, do you think that's what people are mainly not factoring in? Or do you think there's something else there that uh, that you're about to bust out on people here? Right. I think what people forget is that there will always be really good offensive players. There will always be scorers. But somebody has to play defense. Mm -hmm. So think about having a team that has five players on the court all at once and they're all scorers. Mm -hmm. Who's going to play defense? Mm -hmm. So if we have a team where we have people that, I mean, one person can score per possession. Mm -hmm. So it's literally, okay, first of all, you guys are going to struggle sharing the ball. <laughs> Second of all, who's going to play defense? Who's going to step up and guard the other people that are going to score against your team? So it's like somebody has to play defense. And I think people think, okay, well, this player is really good because they, they can score this many yeah. points and this player can score this many points and this one can – I mean – the main focus is, okay, you're really hurting when you have a player that can do both really, really well. Then you're losing someone that's, like, pretty important to your team. 
but we didn't have when, when we lost Liz we didn't have that she was a great scorer but not someone really that took pride in playing defense and that was important it was important to me anyways and that, that's what I take pride in if I need a score, I will do whatever it takes to try to, to, to provide an op- offensive opportunity. But at the end of the day, I know no one's going to tell me that I'm not playing defense. This has been an awesome conversation so far. And what, for young kids out there, a lot of times they get thrown into the center position and maybe they're a little bit mm-hmm. undersized. Hey, in, in college, you weren't undersized. Right. But it, here in the WNBA, sometimes you are pretty undersized right. for a five. Right. What are the biggest things that you tell young players about trying to play defense despite not having the size of your opponent? I would say do whatever it takes um, to hold your own. You know, if you're smaller, if, if you're bigger and, you, you know, you're trying to defend someone that's faster, no matter what the mismatch might be, whatever you're going to do, just try to focus on doing it. If I'm trying to stop her from going left, if I'm going to be as physical as possible. It doesn't matter how small I am versus how tall, um, wide or skinny, you know. I'm just going to try to do what the scouting report is going to say to do. I'm going to try to take away their strengths by any means necessary. So if they are a player that's bigger than me or taller than me, I'm going to try to play behind and push them out of the paint and make them shoot. Because if they're a player that's big, they probably aren't the best shooters. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to push them off the block and make them score a lot tougher than they would easy. I'm also someone who, you know, I might not have the, the size advantage, but maybe we're the same height. You know, maybe they're stronger than me. I'm going to play in front. Right. So they're going to have to throw it over me and I can jump way higher than the person that weighs 40 pounds on me. So, like, at the end of the day, they might be stronger than me, but I have to learn how to play smarter. in, in other words, defensively in order to take away their strengths and make it easier for me. Fantastic. That was really detailed, too. I know another thing that's incredibly important to you is your family and motherhood. And a few years ago, you went through something similar to what Skyler's going through right now is uh, you had to recover after having a pregnancy. And probably a, whenever you have twins, it's, it can be a pretty yeah. rough pregnancy. <laughs> it was rough. What have you told Skyler? And what do people need to know about a body recovery specifically for a pro athlete after a pregnancy? Right. Well, during the pregnancy, pretty much trying to stay as active as you can up until the four-month mark. At that four-month mark, you're not really supposed to do any type of lifting, any type of, you know. And as a stubborn athlete, I did my, I literally was playing pickup up until the first day of my four-month wow. mark. And I was like, I'm sorry, guys. And I'm big, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm carrying twins, so it's obvious. But when I play pickup, I'm, you know, they know not to hit me. I'm literally working on my shooting because I'm, I can't post up. So I'm literally, anytime I'm in the gym, I get to shoot. And that's kind of how I became more of a shooter now because I, I've never had a trainer. I've never had a shot coach. Um, just doing things before mm-hmm. to kind of stay in shape and ready. And then when you have the baby, I, t- I tell Sky, stay wrapped up, you know. Wherever, you know, you have babies in there and it has to go Absolutely. somewhere. Yeah. So you want, you want literally to make your body form back to what it was instead of like eating a lot and then never kind of like I had a C-section. So I had mm-hmm. to stay, prote- you know, I had to stay covered, but you kind of want to make sure that your body bounces back the way that you want your body to bounce back. If you treat it better, you know, you take care of it, then it'll go back to the way you want it to. If you don't really and you kind of treat it like there's nothing there, even though you did have something there, it's going to sit like there was something there, you know. So just taking care of your body afterwards, me and Skylar talk, just jump into it. If you're going to play, it's going to hurt. 
they're going to hit you you're gonna be nervous and you know I had a c-section versus Skylar so I was kind of trying to make sure that my stitches were healed um so I kind of when I was playing with guys I said hey don't hit me in the stomach you know you can hit me anywhere else don't hit me in the stomach when I was playing with women I went back to Tennessee and was playing for 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 five days right after I, you know the first month and I was like dead right after that first week I shouldn't have done it I called Dean Lockwood I said I, I can't come this last day I know five days we talked about it I can't do it I was dead tired but after that just jump in you know it's not gonna feel any better the later you try you know you're still gonna feel tired if anything like you'll be more out of shape just just jump into it don't focus on how bad it hurts just play if you really want to get back to where you want to be you got to go. And it's, it's not going to feel good, but you got to go. And Skylar's doing great. She's in there. She's practicing. She's in the gym. Like, she jumped in just as quick as I did. You know, I, you know that's kind of the stubborn athlete, the competitive side where you're like, oh, I could bounce back after a month. So you go and you're sore as hell. So then <laughs> after that, I was like, okay, I'll wait one more month. After that, it was good. We can play all day. So All right. And everybody bounces back differently. Right. One thing I don't know anything about is core strength, but I know it's so important for an athlete. And my wife, when she, especially when she had our first kid, she she complained of her abs splitting. And I don't know if that's something you experienced or Sky has, and we don't have to get into it, but how much strength do you lose when when you expand like that? You lose a lot of lower body strength too. So I had a really good doctor. I had a doctor, he was a football player. Um, he was a pro, he was 6'9". Mm-hmm. And he knew how important having the abdominal area in, in shape, um, how important it was when you're a professional athlete. So I had my babies premature, but he made sure to cut as little of an incision so he wasn't completely cutting my muscle. Yeah. And he cut as little as he could and had one of the smallest the nurses with the smallest hands come in and get my baby out. So he understood that it was a big deal, and he was 6'9", so imagine how big his hands are. Yeah. So if he's trying to reach in there and get my Keep babies, it could have been a problem, right? <laughs> so, he, I mean, I don't know how quick he thought of this, but he was just like, you know what? He called, who has the smallest hands? And it's just like, you know, I don't even know why he's asking. But he, then we went and got we got the uh, the smaller baby out first, which is opposite, because if you, you normally get baby A out first, mm-hmm. baby B out second, but... Went and got the smaller baby out first, and then all of a sudden she became older. You know, ah. all the, you know. So now, baby B came out first, and baby A came out because the smaller baby was easier to get, and he didn't have to cut a bigger incision with my abdominal tissue. So it was actually good. I don't know how many doctors think of it. I know he's an athlete, so it was like athlete to athlete. But he was amazing. And then recovering afterwards, it was tough. It's like you feel like you don't have any muscle left. You know, you you clearly can't see it, but underneath, like. You clearly feel like you don't, you don't, you don't have it anymore, and so kind of it's kind of discouraging trying to get back, you know, hip wise, jumping wise, leg wise, um, especially Skylar who had her baby naturally, it kind of feels like sea legs if that makes any sense. You feel really weak, not that you can't walk, but it's like some things you don't feel like you have the thigh muscles or anything like you know back in the day, like like everything just kind of feels. A lot more wobbly than it used to. After a while, it, it's, it goes way back to normal. You know, it's taken me a little bit longer because, of course, I'm thinking after I have babies, I'm going to have baby uh, baby hips and all that stuff. And I'm going to, you know, I didn't. I didn't get any of it. I, I wanted hips. I didn't get them. So like, now I'm like, I'm having to make my hips stronger after pregnancy. And, and that's something that I never really thought about before. But even three years down the line, 
I still have to strengthen my hips and it's, it's crazy but that's just some things that I would never have to do back before when I'm younger and you know before the babies right. now every season the beginning of the season I have to strengthen my hips and it's funny but Skylar knows so she's going to take that into consideration way before she gets three years in you know <laughs> wow I can't thank you enough for being so honest and yeah. forthcoming about all that stuff not everybody would but right. thank you so much I think it'll be really beneficial for people appreciate your for time sure thank you I appreciate it how awesome was that Glory Johnson what do we do there five minutes on pregnancy and the effect it has on an athlete's body uh, I mean that's just stuff you're not going to get many other places so I appreciate her addressing that with us here on this bonus edition of the Her Hoop Stats podcast as we kind of preview the Dallas Wings for you, and we hope to do this with many other teams uh, down the line as well. And we've had a uh, great first three podcast episodes, and we ain't done yet. Oh, no. As promised, another big guest coming up on Monday. Can you identify this voice? The league overall is trying to figure out how to do new things, how to be innovative. And, you know, I, I definitely believe that we need to figure out ways to advance the league and the WNBA and being able to utilize players and whatever that looks like. You know, I think that I'm super anxious to see how this plays out, not just with, with Brianna Stewart, but with all the teams. Maybe the best defensive player ever, Tamika Catchings, talks everything with us. A great wide-ranging conversation about her new role with the Indiana Fever and so much more coming up on Monday here on the podcast. So make sure to subscribe so you know when it is in and ready to go. Rate us, review us. Um, you're the reason we're doing this. So thank you again for the feedback here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Our announcer is Susie Solis. Our music by Jared Deck. You can check him out at jareddeckmusic.com. There's lots more where that came from. And also the executive producer of the Her Hoop Stats podcast is Aaron Barzilai. I'm John Little. You're on the Her Hoop Stats podcast where we're unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her Hoop Stats.